Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Has Roger Smith RSVP'd yet? Wall Street. I went to Wall Street to get seriously rich, but I didn't get rich. Hollywood Boulevard. I went to Hollywood to be a movie mogul. I didn't become a movie mogul. Washington, D.C. The president and Mrs. Ford have invited us down to Palm Springs. He's been there. I love the entertainment business. Done that. And being hired by a company called Carol Co. Pictures. And that. The night before Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. And just about everything else you can imagine. I thought of myself as somebody who was a double agent. He knew a lot of famous my people. experience with Orson Welles. Barbara Streisand. How can you possibly hang out with that low-life Frank Sinatra? And now he's and talking. Of that, I was invited to some fancy dinner. This is the podcast, Who the F*** is Roger Smith? But my real goal was to have an interesting life surrounded by interesting people, and at that, I succeeded beyond my expectations. By now, you've realized there is very little Roger Smith doesn't know something about. He's been all over the world and has great taste. He's dined with diplomats and Hollywood royalty. So what are some of his favorite wines? generally the ones other people are paying for. Roger, we're sitting here with a couple of glasses of not expensive wine, and it it strikes me that you've probably been in and tasted some of the greatest wines in the world, and it's allowed you to meet a lot of onophiles, I'm guessing. I, I have, and I have witnessed people demonstrate incredible knowledge of wine while I sit there quietly, skeptically thinking, do they really know what they're talking about? Are they really? And I uh, was told a story once by a wonderful man who didn't care about becoming famous like his younger brother, Neswi Erdogan, the older brother of Ahmed Erdogan. Uh-huh. When they were both children of the Turkish ambassador to Washington in the 1930s, they became fascinated with African-American, with black music, rhythm and blues, and ended up going on to found a little company called Atlantic Records. But but Nesui was, unlike his brother, who was a a bit of a pig, (laughs) he was a gentleman to his fingertips, but he told the following story of a boorish American in in Paris, a group of people, and someone is going on about the particular vintage and how fine it was, et cetera. and And the guy says, look, I gotta tell you, I don't believe any of this crap. I don't think you guys know what you're talking about. When you say, oh, oh, it's a 47 Aubriant, you don't know that. And I, I said, I'll make you a bet. You couldn't even tell a Burgundy from a Bordeaux. And the Frenchman sighs and says, sir, please don't waste your or my time with this silliness. Of course, I know much more than that. If you don't want to believe me, that's your privilege. But he said, look, I'll make it simple. I'm gonna go in the kitchen I'm going to come back with a glass of red wine, and you just tell me, is it a Bordeaux or is it a Burgundy? I already love where this is going. (laughs) And the guy says, uh, the man says, all right, if you insist, I will do it. Brings out the glass, takes a sip, he goes, oh, it's a Bordeaux. Takes a second sip, no, it's a Burgundy. And then he he says, I'm absolutely confounded. I don't know which it is. And the man says, 
Well, I poured half a glass of Burgundy and half a glass of Bordeaux, <laughs> and the Frenchman says, get out of my house and never come back again. <laughs> he thought I have was, a feeling it wasn't that polite. <laughs> no, probably not. Well, he would be probably, when he's a host, he has to be polite. But the, my own experience is that I simply, when I'm told that something is a great wine, it has some obvious appeal to me, but I wouldn't know, I'm sure I wouldn't know a, a $50 bottle from a $500 bottle. And I also feel at anything, let's say over $100, there's some obligation to like it more than you really should. I mean, it's, I appreciate that someone's right. going to open that mm -hmm. and, and share it with right. me, but I always say, uh, I'd probably be good with a fifty-dollar <clears throat> Brunello, or a, if it's red, or you know. It's... Well, my my late father, who was something of a charming con man, um, he was he was always like little little wrinkles, and he told me when I first started dating, and therefore the first time I was taking a girl to a restaurant about wine. He said, "Here's what you do: as long as you know what basic category goes with what you're ordering, whether you're going to have a, a a red Burgundy, a, a white Chablis, whatever." Look at the wine list, and if you want to impress them with your sophistication, order the second most expensive. If you want to impress them with their, your thriftiness, but still knowledgeable, order the second cheapest. Never the cheapest, never the most expensive. Right. That looks too obvious. <laughs> so there was something. And that served you well? That, uh... Well, I, I sort, of, sort of used it. I wasn't mechanical in the application. However, my favorite moment came when I've told you, I think, before about a man named Warren Manchell. Warren Manchell was one of the most brilliant people that I've ever met and one of the kindest and, and most loving, and his wife as well, both of them sadly now gone. What was his profession? <clears throat> well, Warren escaped from Germany in the late 1930s from a town in southern Germany and had a life trajectory that was almost identical to Henry Kissinger's. They would, he would, Warren, if he were alive today, would also be about 100 or so. And they both came to America. They both settled, as many German-Jewish immigrants did, up in upper Manhattan. And Inwood was very popular for some reason. And he ended up going to Harvard, undergraduate, and getting his PhD in government at the same time Henry the K was there as well. They were not friends, but they were associates. Then the other one went to work for Nixon. That take me like a lot later, yes. <laughs> but my friend Warren gave me a piece of advice that I never took and I should have. He said, whatever you do, first get capital. Get to a point where you're not dependent on a salary. You don't have to make sure that a boss is, is, is happy with you and always be able to walk away if you don't like the situation. Now, he didn't give me his real secret of success, which was to become a very, very rich son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Who did he marry? He married a lovely, lovely woman named Anita Coleman, whose father had Coleman and Company, one of those medium-sized Wall Street firms that did nothing in the 40s, 50s, and 60s but spin off money. And he, That's a good business to yeah, be in. And he was, but he was very smart about stocks and so forth. And he, Started with very modest amount of money of his own. He later, when his father-in-law died, they inherited money. But he, on his own, he built up to, in 1969, he had $25 million. Back when that was a lot of money. Right. And he decided, that's it. And it was also just before the market took a unbelievable 50% tumble. He cashed his chips in, had worked for the CIA in the 50s, and then lived life 
unbelievably well. He just lived at the top of things. And one weekend, I was his house guest, <clears throat> their house in Southampton, when he got a phone call from Washington saying that Jimmy Carter was going to announce him as the U.S. ambassador to Denmark, oh. uh, which he was very pleased and excited about. And, and, you know, ambassadorships to smaller countries, people don't understand, they're very valuable. People think, oh, you want to be an ambassador to France or you want to be an ambassador to, to England. No, those relationships are conducted secretary of state to foreign minister. If you're an ambassador to Denmark, you're the one person, or Austria or something, you're the one person who the government relies on for, to tell about that country. But if you've watched Succession, there are some bad ambassadorships. Yes, exactly. Yes, right. right. Well, um, so to celebrate this appointment that he was very pleased to get, we go off to the then fanciest Hamptons restaurant in, in close to East Hampton, and I was always his guest. He was always the host. So this time, before we sit down, I go to the owner of the restaurant. I hand him my credit card, and I said, look, do not bring the check to the table because Warren will insist on taking it, and I want to be the host, so just, just don't say it. And then when he f argues with you, just say, it's taken care of, it's out of your hands, you can do nothing about it. You're free to do that when we go out, by the okay, way. All right, okay, all right. I'll think about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he then said, I should warn you that the ambassador has ordered a particularly unusual red wine. I want to say the ambassador. He got the appointment four hours ago, and he's already the ambassador. Is that how this, how this works? But I said, I don't care what it is. Now, I was a fairly junior person on Wall Street, very happy to be earning 35000 a year, but it wasn't a princely sum even then. I watch, to my slight horror, I have a date, and, and I watch as they bring out on a trolley a magnum of 1945 Cheval Blanc, the greatest wine of the greatest year, and this is now 30 years later, and I'm thinking, oh my God. Did I'm, you even suspect that a restaurant in East Hampton would have this? No, this was, I want to, I forget the name of it, I want to say Sparks, so that isn't quite it, that's a city, it's very similar. It's like Sancerre, since it had, had an it S, was a, it, it was an S, but it had, was one syllable. Uh -huh. But they were very proud of their cellar. I said, I don't care. Whatever it is, I'm happy. When I see this, I realize this is like a $750 bottle of wine, which is otherwise known as a week's salary for me. In the year, again, remind us of around? 76. Right. Yeah. I then think to myself, they never bring a check to him here. It goes automatically to his office. He's never going to know that I was the host for the meal. <laughs> and I think... You know, Roger, if you were truly a gentleman, then you would be very happy at that situation to be to not only get kindness, but not look for any credit. I thought for another 30 seconds and said, fuck that. I said, I want, I want credit. So I then start, Warren, don't argue. There's nothing to be done about it. It's all taken care of. I said, I am the host for tonight's dinner. It's a very special occasion, and it's a long overdue. And he said, no, 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 yes, 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 no, no, no. He said, well, look, I obviously would never have ordered such a bottle of wine if I thought I was going to be someone else's guest. And so he says, how about this? You pay for the dinner and I'll pay for the wine. And my date later said, you said yes in a nanosecond. You did, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> if none of his stories were about you, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Who the fuck is Roger Smith is recorded in an undisclosed bunker somewhere on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. 
All opinions are Mr. Smith's own, but everything he says happened because he was there. Bill Bergoli is our producer and editor. I'm Bill McCuddy. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.